0: John the elder to my dear friend Gaius whom I love in the truth dear friend I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well it gave me great joy to have some brothers come and tell about your faithfulness to the truth and how you continue to walk in truth I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing. For the brothers, even though they are strangers to you, they have told the church about your love. You will do well to send them on the way in a manner worthy of God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. We ought therefore to show hospitality to such men, so that we may work together for the truth. I wrote to you, I wrote, wrote to the, of oh, verse 9 again, I write to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first, will have nothing to do with us. So if I come, I will call attention to what he is doing, gossiping maliciously about us. Not satisfied with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. Demetrius is well spoken of by everyone, and even by the truth itself. We also speak well of him, and you know that our testimony is true. I have much to write to you, but I do not want to do so with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace to you. The friends here send you their greetings. Greet the friends there by my name. We know that God always blesses with the the reading of his word together. So let's pray together and commit the rest of our our time to God in prayer. Let's pray. Dear God, we want to thank you that you're a God who knows and understands everything that's going on in in each of our individual lives. Lord, we thank you that you're a God who is concerned about every aspect of our lives. And we pray that today that we might, as we meet, 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 meet together, that we might hear from you, that you might speak to each of our hearts and each of our lives, that we might have hear something that can help us and encourage us and enthuse us to continue to live for you, Lord. You know those that are going through time of deep trouble, deep and trouble times; those who are going through grief and sorrow. We pray that you might meet them in that situation. But we pray that in all that we do together today, as we as we share around, as we share in this service, that we might really meet. With you, that you might touch each of our lives, that we might be conscious of a real special touch from you, and so we pray that each person here today might really know that they've met with you as they leave this service. Because we ask it in Jesus' name, Amen. In starting off our service, I'd like to ask a question of you. You know, and uh, I don't have we got the PowerPoint coming up? Yes, it's uh huh. It's just not on the screen at the back, so. all right, okay, so introduction, yes we've got it. Is it possible to have those come down one at a time rather than have all the, the whole s- slide come in one go? It's, uh, it should be, uh, should be able to come down point by point, if that's possible, right, I'll to ask you a question then. How would you, what do you think, what do you think it would, well I've already got, you got the definition already on the screen. But what, how would you describe integrity? What does it mean to you? Well I looked up on the uh, internet and went through dictionaries and this is the best uh, definition. It's the Wikipedia definition of uh, integrity. It's the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. Moral uprightness. It is generally a personal choice to uphold oneself to consistently moral and ethical standards and in that article that I was reading there it says that word comes from the word integer which means whole or complete in this context integrity is the inner sense of wholeness derived from qualities such as honesty consistency of character and so it's sort of a sense of being well-rounded and being sort of living being true to what you believe or being true to who you really are And so this morning we're going, today we're going to be looking at, uh, you know, uh, three people in the, as we look at the third John, there are three main characters I'm going to be talking about. And we're going to be assessing to some degree the, the levels of integrity that come through. But first and before we do that, I thought it might be just good seeing seeing we're just sort of wrapping up the, the whole thing of John's epistles just to, to give a summary of what I believe the, 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 uh, the epistles of John are about. One of the things about, uh, as you look at First John particularly, it's got lots of information there. But one of the things that come through, there are three ways in which God is described. God is just, it says God is light in chapter 1 and verse 5. It talks about God being he is righteous in chapter two verse twenty nine and in chapter four verse sixteen it talks about God is love, and so I believe that the message of john is through John so sort of revolves around those three ways in which God is presented, and of course the the, the things that are presented is that first and foremost that there's an orthodox uh, Uh, teaching about the humanity and the the deity of Christ and I think that really ties in with the idea that that God is light and then if you look at the next uh, uh, sort of one that I mentioned about him being righteous and and what we're told in chapter 2 and verse 1 is that we you know he's written these things so that we don't sin and it's sort of, it's talking in terms of the, the transformed life. And if you go through the, the book of First John, you'll find that it's talking about how that Christians should be living, the, the way in which Christians should be behaving, about practical righteousness. And so that comes through the book. And also it talks in terms about God being love. And it talks about how that we need to be showing love to one another. And so that was the teaching that, that comes through. And so this is all tied in. And it comes in with really with three things that you, that, uh, that we might know. The first thing is, the first thing it talks about that in chapter 1, it talks about that your joy might be full or, or joy might be complete. And as already mentioned, the second one in in chapter 2 about that you might not sin. That ties in with God being righteous. And then, then also... The third one is that you might know in chapter 5 that you might know that you have eternal life. And that t- revolves around the fact that we've got eternal life and we show love for one another. And so you get those three ideas come through the, the whole thing of the teaching of First of John. And then it goes on in Second John we're talking where we've, we've come to this idea that we need to be as, as the people of God. We need to be aware that we don't embrace false teachers and uh, that have compromised the gospel and are disregarding the whole concept that that God, is, that God wants us to love one another. And so that, that's the sort of first and second John. And so now we come to third John, where, he's, where John is sort of writing this friendly letter. And he's writing it to, and he's, he's addressed. And, and Gaius seems to be the person that's receiving it, the church where Gaius is. He's the first person that comes in. and uh, It's mentioned in the, right at the very beginning of the epistle as he's writing this to Gaius. And it seems this friendly, warm sort of uh, aspect to this, this letter. And in verse 1, it says, The elder to my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth. And so he's, the idea he's talking, my dear friend and this idea of he's, he's referring as his dear friend in, in four times in the, in the, in the book, in the, just in a few verses, in, in chapter, verse 1 and verse 2 and verse 5 and verse 11. He's talking in terms of this, this dear friend, this, this person that he has a, a strong uh, personal uh, relationship and, and a connection with. And he's letting, as he, ta- as he writes this letter, he's writing in as a, as a, as a letter that was in written in the conventional form that was done there back in the first century. And he's writing it very, so he goes on in verse 2, he says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health, and that all may go well with you, even as, my, as your soul is getting along well. You know, certainly John was, was concerned about Gaius and about his, his physical well-being and, and also about his spiritual well-being. He's concerned about him as his, his whole t- total person. He is a person. He's interested in him as a, as a whole person in he, every aspect of his lives. And John Stott writes there, there's a, there's a biblical warrant for desiring both physical as well as spiritual welfare. Of our christian friends it 's appropriate to pray for the total person it 's not just uh, we, 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 our spiritual lives, but our whole aspect of our lives and uh, our physical lives we 're made as a unit aren 't we god 's made us as complete units as human beings and, and and our physical sometimes affects our spiritual and our spiritual can, be affect, can have impact on our physical being, way we 're feeling physically as well and so here he 's reading it he 's sort of communicating this to this guy. Look, he's praying. You know, he's really concerned for for Gaius in this way, and he's this person that's a close friend to him. And uh, he goes on in verse three: he "Gave me great, gave me great joy to have your brothers come and tell about your faithfulness to the truth, and how you continue to to walk in the truth." John had, you know, he's, he's he'd been informed about about Gaius's. Uh, you know he got this positive report he, he received back from those who'd been there visiting him those who'd been and he and John affirmed that Gaius was a, a highly valued servant of God he's he's really trying to let him know that you we I really think you're a you're a great guy and he wants to encourage him and he wants to encourage him to go on in the Lord and that's that's what we have also you know we've got a responsibility to be to be trying to encouraging and affirming people not in a, a superficial way but doing it with integrity and doing it with honesty, but affirming one another. So often we, you know, there are some people that has got this sort of ass way of looking things. They can be, always be, seem to see the, the, the you know, very critical and they always seem to see the, the negative things. And here we find that, that Gaius is being affirmed by John as this great, this person who's really walking with God. And he's really letting him know that he, he, he wants to encourage him. He wants to see him go on and, and really grow in his relationship with God. He wants to continue to see him serving God and being used by God. You know, he says, he's, and then goes on in verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. He, he's letting him know that he's, he's really, the news has come back to him. And, he, and, he's, and it's, it's how it's, it's, in, it's encouraged him as well. As he, he's had the, he's, this great joy that he's experienced as he's hearing about all the good things that, that's going on. Of course, he's, he's, he's not going to just stay there. He's going to, as he later goes on in the book, he's going to confront with some things that, he, he, that, that are negative. He's prepared to sort of come and, and really uh, speak about some of the things that, that shouldn't have been happening. And, and so here we find that uh, Gaius has got this, this strong sort of relationship with, with John. It seems as though it's a similar relationship that you might think you find say, between Paul and, and Timothy, as you read the epistles that Paul wrote to Timothy, who was like a, was a son in the faith, he, he wrote to him and encouraged him and affirmed him and, and talked about all the different things that were going on. And, and, uh, and so here we find that John is similarly encouraging, just in his very few words, he's in trying to encourage Gaius to, to go on and to, to, be, to continue serving God. and He also commented about the, the feedback that he'd heard and the feedback that had come back, and we'll, we'll look at that in a moment, and we'll talk a little bit further as we go on. But he he'd heard this feedback about this guy, guys, who was a really warm, welcoming sort of person, who'd been and one of the issues back in the early church was that they had these travelling preachers that would come and stay a few days and then move on. And that's what was the, the situation with this church. This church was in this area where John was riding to just around Ephesus, just out from Ephesus, where pr- traveling preachers would come and they would stay for a few days and then they would go on. Now, one of the things was that if uh, uh, in those days, uh, if a, if they didn't stay at the, the local hotel, inns or something like that, because they weren't very welcoming sort of places. They were places that were very generally... Uh, not, you know, some of the descriptions that I've read about them aren't very nice places at all and so the, the church would as they, these visiting preachers came along they would take them into their homes and they would welcome them, they would give them hospitality they, and they would help them on their way and one of the things, one of the uh, uh, one of the writings around that's not in the bible called the didache sort of gives an outline of some of the, the guidelines that they developed for people that came and preached now if you, they are almost like they're unwritten rules now if somebody came and they stayed you know, you and you helped you gave them hospitality and they they preached and they and you supported them and you helped them on the way uh the one of the things that they would they were not to do was to ask for money uh, that was one of the things. And if they stayed for one day, that was okay. But if they stayed for two days, well, that's okay. But if they stayed for more than three days, then they were a little bit under. You know, sort of, you need to be sort of a bit suspicious of them. So they were sort of only stayed for a short time. And so they had their own ways of assessing and evaluating who was the the genuine sort of preachers that were were part of the you know the the, the sort of body of, of Christ and were were serving God faithfully. But also there are others who were sort of, uh, driven, sort of treated with suspicion. And we'll see a little later how that Diotrephes was really mistreating these visiting preachers, these visiting missionaries that came and preached in the church. And so here Gaius is, being, you know, is sort of being affirmed and, and uh, John sort of sp- speaking about this sort of stuff. And in verse 5 he talks about, You are faithful in what you're doing for the brothers, even though they are strangers to you. These were the people that come. And in verse 6, they, they have told the church about, you know, your love the ones that have come back to John. You will do well to send them in the way in a man worthy of God. It is for the sake of the name that they went out receiving no help from the pagans. We ought therefore to show hospitality to such men so that we may work together for the truth. And so that's what the situation that was going on. And so Gaius was one who was, he was welcoming, he was uh, giving hospitality and the report of this had gone back to to John and and, uh, John who knew about it and so John's affirming it. If you go to other parts of the New Testament you'll see that hospitality was put up as one of those important things, it's mentioned in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 9, it's also mentioned in 1 Timothy chapter, chapter 5 and verse 9 about the widows and about them being hospitable. And also in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 2, it talks about being hospitable because sometimes some people have entertained people and they've entertained angels and they've been unaware of it. And so the whole thing of, you know, having visiting preachers come in was, uh, was part of the life of the church. And so we find that this practice is being affirmed, in particularly in verse 8. And uh, being sort of this is what Gaius has been sort of told, you know, being reminded about. And so here this is what Gaius was doing and it's really sort of showing that the church was taking responsibility for those people. And one of the things is that some people from this one passage here, you know, receiving nothing from the pagans. It meant that the church itself was looking after those who were ministering to the church. Isn't Isn't that true today? If we as Christians don't support one another and don't support the church financially, nobody else will, will they? And so that's what our, because God has touched our lives and God has blessed us and God has given us things. So we're able to contribute and support. And so the church was doing this. They weren't depending on the people outside world but for their support. They were depending upon the church. And so John is affirming this and he's commending Gaius for this. And he's speaking positively about the way the church was getting on and doing this and how they were, had these people coming in. uh, staying for a few days and going on and preaching visiting preachers that were going and that was part of the practice at this time in this area and so Gaius was part of it and Gaius was supporting it and it seems as though that he was uh, and one of the things they did often when, when a preacher had finished being there for a few days they'd give them some food and things to help them to reach the the next spot that they're going to and so Gaius was part of this whole process and so here we find that Gaius is, seems as though he'd be a man of real integrity. He's being affirmed in all these ways. And then suddenly we find that it, the whole tone of it cha- change, that this letter changes as it comes to this guy called Diotrephes in verse 9. And so here Diotrephes is, a, Diotrephes is this man who was in this church, the same church as Gaius was. And there were some tensions there. And it says that John himself I wrote to the church but Diotrephes who loves to be first or in some translations loves to have the preeminence will have nothing to do with us. Isn't it sad when we see this man who was uh, in this position in the church has suddenly taken over and suddenly it hasn't become God's church it's become my church, Diotrephes. And I've heard people in sometimes in church life, people have said, you know, that it's, if, if, as long as I'm in this church, nothing, and they've made down sort of all sorts of stipulations about what can and cannot happen in the church. Whose church is SDBC? God's church. God is, we, he is the one that we are following. And the church that this Diotrephes was part of, it, it was God's church. But suddenly it changed, and Diotrephes was in, taken he'd taken control, and it's you know, described very negatively. He's described very negatively, and these these preachers had come in, and these travelling preachers had come, and he, and he had refused to receive them. But first and foremost, the letter that the Apostle John had written, he had totally disregarded, yeah, and he wouldn't have anything to do with it. Yeah, we don't know what happened to the letter. We don't know where it went. We have no idea what happened to it. All we know is that this, this official letter that the Apostle John sent to this, to this church, Diotrephes made sure that it got lost, made sure it possibly was even destroyed, I don't know. And so in verse 10 we find, and John says, how's he going to deal with this situation? This man taking over and he's, he's taking control. He says, "I will, in verse 10, so I will come and I will call attention to what he is doing. And he sort of outlines the things that he's doing. Gossiping maliciously about us. Not satisfied that he refuses to welcome the brothers. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. This is a dreadful situation, isn't it? This was happening back in, in the first century. Here you're you know, and uh, John Stott's got a... Uh, A a summary of this, he says, Diotrephes slandered John, cold-shouldered the missionaries and excommunicated the loyal believers because he loved himself and wanted to have the preeminence. Personal vanity still lies at the root of the most dissensions in every local church. Now, I'm sure that Diotrephes started off, you know, very well meaningly. He He had good intentions at the beginning there are some people who have very strong feelings about things and they say, and there are some denominations where we, they say we've got to protect the church. The church needs to be protected. And so they, they, they make a lot of, they come down with a lot of prescribed rules. And the difficulty is that if you start to have, start to have a lot of prescribed rules, you end up becoming very legalistic. And you have a whole lot of rules about how the church should operate and how the church should function. Now the Pharisees had lots of rules, didn't they? Hundreds of them. Hundreds of things that you should do and hundreds of things that you shouldn't do. And they'd interpret the law, the Old Testament law, and they had all, you know, these great hundreds of rules. That, and I don't want to go get off onto a sidetrack and start to talk about some of them, you know, the rules that they had. But if you go through the gospels you'll find that this, what the Lord Jesus, he crossed swords with the Pharisees continuously. And so here is Diotrephes, he had slandered the, the John, he, he, he sort of pushed the cold shoulder of the missionaries and he'd even put people out of the church and he, he was not working together in love and in fellowship with the other believers. And so this was the situation that was on. And so what's does you think John is going to do about this well he te- he doesn't give any doesn't give a solution to this problem what he says is at the end of the letter I'm going to come and personally deal with it now whether he did and how he how this got sorted out in the end I have no idea but it sometimes he didn't put down on writing what he was going to do but certainly he didn't avoid confronting the situation and we ourselves as believers we've got to be careful that we don't when, if we've got things that we have ideas about things and we have beliefs and we may have, coming, have some interpretations of scripture, but we need to make sure that we're, follow, we're answering scripture with scripture and we're making sure that the, it's not what we think, it's what the Bible says. And it's hard sometimes when we, if we become involved in some discussions and some interactions where we have differences of opinion about things, we need to make sure that we talk about the, the principles of the thing rather than getting involved in the personalities. We need to make a distinction between the two. And it seemed as though in this church it wasn't, that's what hadn't happened. It seemed as though this man, Diotrephes had taken over. And even though Gaius was acting with, as his outline as as we've gone through, seemed to be a man of integrity who was in fellowship with John and in fellowship with the church and serving God with integrity, we find here that the Diotrephes wasn't. He was the exact opposite to, to what Gaius was like in every way. He was a man who was standing his ground and saying, this is my church and I'm going to make, this is what I want. And he, and he, he laid down the, and he had the power and he had the control and he had the influence and he had the capacity to be able to enforce it and make sure that, it, that he had that control at that time. We don't know what the outcome of this was, but this was a dreadful situation to see. And there it is. There in, the, in this book of the New Testament, There's, this situation there, and so we need to be very careful as we think in terms of the, one of the things that we, as we, as this, as as John went on and as he explained about it, he says, you know, it He goes on in verse eleven. Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God, and anyone who does evil has not seen God. It seems to me that he's probably uh, implying that this philodiotreus may not even know the Lord at all. We can know all about Christianity. We can know all about the Bible. But it's not knowing about the Bible, it's knowing God personally and having a personal relationship with the Lord. And that's one of the things that John, when if you go through back to First John, he says we know we have come, we, we have come to know him if we obey his commands. That's in chapter two and verse three. The man who says I know God but does not do what He commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. He goes to great and chapter, chapter, further on in the same chapter. In verse chapter 2 and verse 28, Now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of God. Other words, by your fruits you shall know them. Our lives, the fruit of our lives will show, it's not... What we, whether we're in contact with the Lord now it's possible for some people to be for a Christian to step, to get step out of fellowship with God and to lose our vital relationship with him and to allow the things of, around us to to crowd in the, the sin and so forth to take over our life and we can be lose our joy of the Lord and we can lose our fellowship with God and we can be a, a, like a, a bull in a china shop and that's what this diotrephes was whether he was a, a believer or not a believer I'm not sure but he was like a bull in a china. He was doing, he was doing the devil's work. And John was, was, was making, quite confronting them and making sure that they knew that he, you know, by, you know, the whole thing is anyone who does what is good is from God and anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. And so that's the way that John described this his behaviour. And if you go on in other parts of this same, 1 John and I'll just draw an attention to another verse in chapter 5 and verse 18, we know that every, anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who was born of God keeps him safe and the evil one cannot harm him. In other words, if we're persisting to, to walk away from God and, consisting, can, can, and continuing to live a life of sin, then it seems as though John is saying, hey, there's a little maybe you need to ask yourself do you really belong to the Lord have you really come to know the Lord because in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 19 it says the Lord knows those who are his everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness so you can't just say I'm a Christian and just live as you like the expectation is if we've made a commitment and we're following the Lord, if we claim that we're, like as it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that if in any man be in Christ, he's a new creature creature or new creation, the old has gone and the new the new has come and the old has passed away, then that's what the evidence, of that, you know, that needs to be showing in our lives. And that's what John is, is saying here about this guy. He needs to, he should be showing the fruit of his life and he's implying very strongly that he's probably not a believer. And so here, He's, he's, talking, he's talking about this man who, did, who has no integrity, a man who is living a life that is, is not in touch with God. And so we, as this morning, we need to ask ourselves, where am I? Where am I up to? Can I look back and see in my life how that God has touched my life? And I have seen that there's been a change in the way I'm living my life and that the way I live now shows that I am one in touch with God and that I am a new creature in Christ. Now, sometimes we're the best judges, other people will see it in us as well. But we need to be asking, you know, examine ourselves to see whether we are in the faith. And that's what John was saying about this fellow here. And so as we go on just to the third person, to Demetrius, in verse 12. Demetrius is well spoken by, any, by everyone and even by the truth itself, he also, we also speak well of him. And you know that our testimony is true. Seems as though Demetrius was probably the guy that maybe even delivered the letter. In, in the case of Gaius, there's lots of Gaiuses in the New Testament. We don't know who this Gaius that's in this one. Same with Demetrius, there are several of them mentioned in the, the New Testament. And the word Demas is a is a shortened version of the same of the same name. So, uh, and there's mention of him in the New Testament as well. But all we know is that he was somebody who was a genuine person who was known by John, and and possibly Gaius didn't know him until now, and he's being introduced to him. He's speaking well of. He's talking, introducing him as a man who is a man of integrity, a man who's walking with God, who's, whose testimony is true, a man who can, who's walking with God and can be trusted to, to follow the Lord and he will follow the Lord and if he trusted to have this job that he was given to him and so here he is he's speaking well of this guy called Demetrius and so this morning as we come to the end of my, my time this, in, in the sermon time this morning a time has gone one of the things is that we know that John ensured that God was the very centre of the teaching in 1 John and God needs to be the very centre of our life also that God protect you know Will protect. You know, I wanted us them to protect the integrity of the message that was in two John, but Gaius and Demetrius served God with integrity. Diotrephes lost his way, and we ourselves this morning need to be making sure that we're serving God faithfully. We need to be making sure that we're living lives that are holy, that we're open to be to be in fellowship with other believers. We're not shutting people off like the, like the Diotrephes was. But we need to be people who are seeking to walk humbly with God. And if we are, we don't, probably won't, won't be seeking to be people of integrity. We need to be seeking to be in close fellowship with God, walking closely with him. And if we are, then we certainly will display integrity in the way that we live our lives. Let's pray together. Lord, we want to thank you, that for the, as we've talked about this, Book this morning. We thank you that you are a God who knows and understands everything that's going on in each of our lives, and we think of these as we read of these characters back there in the Old Testament times. We, we, in the, and we also read about people in the in the New Testament. We know we've got lots of examples, but as we look at Gaius and we look at uh, Demetrius, we know they, they were people who sought to be people of integrity. But well, we, we say our hearts are sad when we read of people like Diotrephes who was let, where self and sin took over and where there was all sorts of devastation in this church, we just pray that you'll protect us from being people like this, that we might humbly walk with you and seek to be people of integrity, people who are living in close fellowship with you, because we ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen indeed.